0: Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Susan DeCenzi. In today's episode, Feeling Worthy and Imposter Syndrome, we're really going to dive right into the huge differences between self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-worth. They are very different beasts, but they are often used interchangeably, and they're not. They might be intertwined, but they're not interchangeable. And that really goes to the heart of imposter syndrome, how we don't feel that we are capable of showing up as truly who we know we are in whatever the realm is, whether it's in our work or our friendship or our life overall, and how that that imposter piece, you know, starts to creep in. And cause us to feel like, ah, maybe I'm not enough or maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Those kinds of things. So I invite you as you listen to the show today to really take notice of where your own self-confidence, self-esteem and self-worth are maybe in a place of a bit of struggle where they're not as high as they could be and maybe where you're feeling a bit like you're not enough or you're a bit of an imposter there's a great exercise to do around money actually in this episode and i would invite you to listen to this episode in a place where you can sit down and write this down it's not a long exercise but it is very very powerful and can really help you begin to define and understand where your own worth issues come into play and cause you to feel like an imposter or like you're not enough. I hope you enjoy today's show, and I'll see you on the other side. Did you know that there is a huge difference between self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-worth? And I really want to dive into that more today because so many issues are popping up around Worth. And especially with COVID still kind of affecting our lives globally in various different ways, our careers, our jobs, the way we've had to pivot over this last, gosh, over a year and a half now, it has really become a big thing As people are stepping into those pivots and the way they've had to change their life or their career, it's brought up those money issues. It's brought up those fears of can I charge more for what I'm doing because I don't have the ability to either maybe see people in in person or to hold a live event or I can't go to that networking event like I used to, um, the parties, the all the live things that used to happen so regularly before have not really been existent. Occasionally now, here and there, as some things have opened up, especially here in the United States, but not completely. And so we as human beings, are still struggling with finding those ways to kind of feel like there's a normalcy back in our life with COVID still going on. And because of that, it has brought up so many worth issues. Can I begin this business that I've always wanted to do I wanted to be an entrepreneur, or I wanted to, you know, take my passions to a level that maybe I could make money at it. Oh, but how would I find people? And I can't go to this wellness show like I used to, and I can't go to this networking event like I used to. So how can I share who I am and what I do with others? And then what do I charge for it? Or can I charge this much? Because that's how much I need per month. And so it's not just all tied to money, but there has been an incredible amount of worth issues that have been rising and bubbling up to the surface for a very long time now, even pre-COVID. And so it it brought to my awareness that so many people don't know the differences between self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-worth. And so I wanted to share a bit more about that today, and help kind of dive in a little bit deeper then to that worthiness stuff, because that's really where kind of imposter syndrome kicks in, where some of the doubts and fears kick in, is in that worth kind of realm. So let's kind of look at first, like, the self-confidence piece. So I have always taught my clients, and I've always lived by this rule, that self-confidence is really about the experience. It's the experiential part of our life. It's the doingness. So an example could be, I know I know how to ride a bike. I have ridden a bike my whole life. I may not have ridden that bike for the last 20 years now, But I know that when I get back on the bike, I'll remember how, and it'll come back to me because I have a wealth of experience to draw from in riding that bike. That's self-confidence and confidence only comes from the experiences. Confidence is gained by the doing. And so when I'm drawing, if I'm an artist, the more I draw, the more confident I become that I can draw well. Or that I can draw this particular scene. Well, now we get into a little bit of self esteem. And self esteem is really about the belief. So, an example I believe I would be a good student body president. I've never done it before. I don't have the actual experience of having done it, but I do believe that I would be a good student body president because I know my heart, I know the issues, I know my values and my ethics and my integrity, and I know that with good support, I really believe I would do well. And so self-esteem is in that believing state, it's where our dreams kind of are made. I believe that I am good at what I do. I believe that I play music well. I have some experience with it. And so I I may get into doubt sometimes or fear because I, I do have maybe a little experience with it. And especially if I've never done it before, that's where self esteem really kicks in. But once I start to have a few experiences, I start to rack up in that column of the confidence, the experience, the experiential piece, the belief, I develop and start to really feel that belief that I am blank, that I am good at this or that I am capable of this or whatever it might be. Plug in your own kind of uh, example. And that's really self-esteem. And then we get into self-worth. And self-worth is about the deservingness. And this is where all the shit of our past starts to creep in, especially if I've lived a life where maybe I didn't have a lot of love in my life. Like there wasn't, maybe I had parents who weren't very demonstrative in their love toward me. They didn't say I love you, or they weren't huggers, or maybe they were even sadly abusive or destructive. Or they were perfectionists and they required me to always be in this kind of children should be seen but not heard kind of existence. Always look good, always have your hair done right, always wear good clean clothes, always act a particular way. Or it could be quite the opposite. I could have had an environment I grew up in where the, maybe my caregivers, my parents, didn't care. Maybe they were involved in their own lives, their careers. Maybe they were involved in activities like using drugs and alcohol to excess, where they became a bit destructive or abusive or a bit neglectful. And I was left to my own devices to kind of figure out how to maneuver through childhood, teenagehood, and into adulthood. And so the worthy piece, the deservingness causes us then to look back at those conditioned experiences of our life past and evaluate it to a degree that says, oh, well, I must have done something wrong. Therefore, that's why that happened. And even if I work with someone else or my friends or other people tell me, no, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong there's still those pieces within us that say, but did I? And that's the deserving piece. That's the worthy piece, right? Think of children whose parents get divorced. I can tell you as a professional therapist how many times I've heard from young people and even adults, even though they were intellectually aware from a conscious mind perspective, that maybe certain things that happened in their younger years were not their fault, they ultimately still felt like somehow they, as these children or teenagers or young people, played a role in their parents' fighting or in their parents' divorce or in their parents' lack of love that they showed them or in their silence and quietness and how they didn't deal with their own issues, and they then, as these young people and children growing up, learn to mirror and mimic the same behavior because that's all they knew. So when we're really looking at self-worth and that deservingness piece, it's very important to look back at our younger years, whatever age you are at now, and really kind of observe it from this outside observer perspective and ask yourself if there are parts of your life where you are taking the responsibility from others that it was really their issue, their pain, their behaviors, their struggles, but you were the recipient of some of the consequence of that. And now it's caused you to feel that maybe you're not enough or you are an imposter, or you aren't worthy. And especially if you are in any kind of business or you are an entrepreneur specifically, it's going to show up oftentimes by way of how much you charge by that money piece. I can't double my prices because if I do, what will they think of me? I will lose clients. They won't want to hire me at that price. They can't afford that. Gosh, look at the people I have now who can only afford this amount. If I double or triple my price from that, they, oh my God, they'll, they'll, they're not going to hire me. Well, that's about worth. And because the worthiness steps into play here, especially in this time of the pandemic globally, where we want to maybe pursue our dreams or work through the issues that we have from a mental or an emotional or a psychological perspective, we often don't think that we are worthy of being able to do that. I'm really struggling with this, these depression feelings and thoughts, but you know, that's just the way I've always been and and look at the story of my life and look at the way things keep unfolding yeah, you know, it's it's like I, I, I deserve to be happy. I feel that, but I don't believe it. Or I really want to be able to voice when someone is treating me poorly. But I'm so afraid that if I do, then they're going to leave me and, and leave my life. Or they'll stop helping me. Or they won't be my friend anymore. Or they'll cut off their financial support especially like if you're in a relationship where there is an imbalance and one of the people treats you in a very negative, destructive, unhealthy way. And you stay silent because you have children and maybe you don't have a career or a skill or uh, past uh, experiences that you can rely on. For you to be financially stable yourself that you'll put up with it and deal with it because it's just easier you already know the landmines and where they're at with this person in this relationship and you've already learned how to maneuver through them relatively safely and that's just easier because if you start all over and you're by yourself and you're getting out of the relationship What might happen if you meet somebody else and it happens all over again? Well, it's so uncertain. It's so unknown. Yet the truth is, that's really where the unworthiness and the non-deservingness comes into play. And I know this from personal experience because I was in a first marriage that was very abusive. He was not physically abusive, but he was very verbally, emotionally, and mentally abusive. And he was an alcoholic, and when he would drink, he would get very, very mean. And even though I was always this very strong, capable person who had no problem sharing what I thought or felt with another and working to set boundaries to not allow others to treat me in certain ways, I don't know. With him, it's almost like I reverted to this very quiet if you could believe that, uh, but I did, this very quiet and kind of meek and and um, mellow person who refused to kind of fight back against his abuses, against his meanness, against his anger and his alcoholism, because the truth was, I was more afraid of being alone. That I was with being with him. Now, I wasn't afraid of being alone as a person overall. I liked my aloneness, to be honest with you, but I didn't have some of the skills and tools at that time in my early twenties to be able to really forge a stable financial career for myself that allowed me to really step into my own. And so I forgave him a lot. And I discounted a lot of what he said and did because it was, you know, under the alcohol, right? And then, as you know from my my story, if you've heard my story before, multiple times, you'll know that after the last sexual assault, when I already had a child at this point who had just turned two, and my ex-husband said something to me that cut me to the core... And I wrote that suicide note. It was at that moment when I reread that note that I realized how I had not felt deserving and worthy of being who I truly was and stepping truly into my own life. And it was at that moment that I made that choice one to live, but also to no longer from this point forward ever not allow my voice to come through. And I began to really express to him where I was at in the relationship and his behaviors and how this was no longer okay with me. Because for the first time, I truly didn't just know my worth, but I felt my worth and my deservingness, that I did not deserve that, that I was worth more than that. And I'm sharing this with you again here now during this episode, because worth, esteem, and confidence aren't so necessarily clear-cut all the time. I may have described it to you by way of, you know, self-confidence is the experiential piece, and self-esteem is the believing piece, and then self-worth is the deserving piece. But the truth is even though they kind of come from different places right from the experience from the belief and the deservingness they're still a bit interchangeable and it come not really so much i take that back they're not really so much interchangeable as they are very very intertwined together in my willingness with my ex-husband to verbalize what i was truly feeling and vocalize that i deserved more, and I felt more worthy than how we were together and his behaviors when he drank specifically, the more confidence I gained. And guess what then? As I gained more confidence that everything would be okay and things would work out, and I began to really trust that process, the more self-esteem I gained. So while they are very separate— in how they kind of come to be, they are very intertwined. And so I know that over the last, specifically, year and a half plus, as the pandemic has raged on globally, and it has required all of us to shift in our mindset about what normal is and what the world looks like now and what that will continue to look like as things Clear up and open up over time, it has created and allowed to bubble to the surface more issues around some of that self esteem and self confidence and self worth. But it's really the self worth, the deservingness that's going to give rise to whether or not you take action on that belief and in the doingness. Because doingness stems from a state of beingness. It is very difficult. And I've talked about this before to take action from an opposite state within you. So if you are being angry, then it's going to be very difficult for you to take happy actions, for you to take actions that require you to be and feel happy. If you are in a state of sadness and frustration, it's going to be very difficult then to take actions and feel motivated into a state of uh, hope and possibility because you're feeling very sad and frustrated. So our kind of emotional states and the thoughts that we have are very much tied to then how we feel and how we're being. And if we are being in a certain state of emotion or feeling, the actions are going to really come from that state specifically. And so how then do you feel a sense of worth and deservingness? How do you really deal with the imposter syndrome, let's say, when you are putting yourself out there in a certain way, whether it's just to meet people and you're wanting to make more friends and you just want to get to know other people or you're in a business and you're actually trying to build your business or you're potentially looking for a new relationship and you're you know, meeting people in, with that idea in mind as a potential dating partner, how do you really put yourself out there then When you're feeling a bit like an imposter, when you're feeling a bit unworthy, how do you do that? Well, the first critical piece is to really take a look at parts of the why you don't feel worthy and deserving. Is it because at somewhere along the way in your years of growing up, you made a comment to yourself or you created a vow for yourself that said, I absolutely must always, or I must never do this or be this. I can tell you that vows, you know, you know how, when people get married, they, what are they called? They're actually called marriage vows, right? And people stand up there before their, their person, their officiant, who's marrying them, whether they be religious or not, and they make this vow to love, to cherish, to be with that person, right? I'm vowing standing before you today to always be with you or to, from this point forward, I want to share my life with you. Vows are some of the most important and critical pieces that get buried and held in the physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, and psychological bodies in such a way that they become the drivers of the bus. And this is where the self-worth and the deservingness often really come into play is because somewhere along the way, we've made a vow that said, I deserved this negative thing, or I'm not worthy of that positive thing. So I would invite you to to kind of reflect on all the parts of your language where you may say things like, I will always, I will never, oh, that will never happen to me. I'll never be like my mother or father was. Oh, my God, I'll never do that. Oh, shit, if that ever happens, I would always be like this. Those kinds of things, the always word, the never word, declarations, put it that way, that you may have made that got very, very ingrained in your body that caused you to then, without even often realizing it, that is driving the bus of how you're viewing the world around you and your experiences. And it's triggering up and kicking up some of that imposter syndrome feeling and ideas it's kicking up that self-doubt it's kicking up that fear it's kicking up that what will they think of me i don't want to disappoint them what if this happens and i failed how will that look if they see me differently it it can i i could go on and on and on and this podcast would be hours and hours long with just a list of the things that might be said when we're feeling a bit unworthy and undeserving and we can look you know we can intellectually know that we are worthy and deserving maybe we're good at what we do from a work perspective maybe we know that we're one hell of a friend and we're loyal and loving and kind But the truth is, it's going to kick up doubt and fear and uncertainty and it's going to trigger up some of that unworthiness and that non-deservingness if our experiences are such that we keep getting kicked in the teeth as a friend. If I'm putting myself out there as a friend all the time for someone else and the only thing I get back in return is heartache and pain and betrayal and distrust and feeling let down because I have this expectation of how my friend should treat me or behave toward me and they're not doing that, well, then at some point, I guarantee you, I'm probably going to question myself as a friend. And I'm going to question, am I worthy of being friends with others? Now, I may not say that exact word, and I invite you to not be tied to the actual word, but instead reflect upon where in your life have you maybe felt that you're not worthy of something. And another good way to really think about this and to really determine how you feel about it is ask yourself whether you have a business or not, doesn't matter, but ask yourself. So if you really have a, if you have a business and you currently, are helping other people by way of services or products that you sell, great. Then you already have like a monetary value in mind because it's what you may already be charging for your products or services or programs. But let's say you don't have a business and you want to kind of do this exercise and feel whatever comes up for you then pretend that you do. Pretend that you take one of the things that you really love to do, like a hobby of yours. Let's say you are an artist and you love to draw and you've never, ever showed your work to other people. You have no intention of ever making it a business. You just, it's something you love and you're passionate about it. And it's a way that you feel relaxed when you're stressed. You go to kind of your artwork And you use your art as a way to de-stress and to feel a connectedness to yourself. Beautiful. Then take whatever it is that is your passion or hobby and pretend that you were going to share it with others professionally. You were going to sell some of your work or some of your services. Maybe you are a great friend and you really do amazing things for your friends when you talk to them and they just love coming to you for feedback and advice and help and you're always so helpful. Well, pretend then that you're going to take what you do naturally as a friend to just help others who you care about and you're going to do it professionally for those that don't know you. I would invite you then to put a dollar value, write it down how much you would charge for that product or that program or that service or that piece of artwork, whatever it might be. And if you've got that number written down, and this is for those of you that have a business and those of you that don't, you could both do this. Double it. Now double it again and write it down. Now double it again. Keep doubling it until you get to $1 million. That you charge $1 million for your program, your service, your product, your whatever it is. The artwork, your piece of music that you wrote, the poem that you wrote. I don't care what it is. $1 million. And go back and look on your piece of paper and star... Put a star next to the number that first became uncomfortable for you to say, to think, to feel, to speak, to write down. And then look at the number just before that starred number and look at why that number was okay, but the starred number became uncomfortable. So let's say I charge $1,000 an hour. If I'm comfortable, by charging by the hour $1,000, and then I've doubled it to $2,000, and all of a sudden I feel really uncomfortable saying I charge $2,000 an hour, then it's important for me to look at why did I feel $1,000 was okay and $2,000 was not okay? Well, maybe it's because that $1,000 is the norm. Maybe maybe people like me uh, in whatever it is that I do Most people charge $1,000 for the hour, but oh my God, if you charge $2,000, they're going to think that you're trying to rip them off. They're going to think, oh, they're going to think this. They're going to think that. I'm going to feel really uncomfortable saying that like, oh, I'm so scared. What if they say, no, I'm rejected? They're basically saying I'm not worthy in their eyes of asking $2,000 for that hour. Oh my God, that may be the thing that stops me. And it could be very different for you listening in in um, multiple ways, in multiple, multiple ways. It's a great little exercise, though, to see where you are uncomfortable. And it can help to bring insight for you into what might be being triggered up about that. And as soon as you have that awareness then about what is actually being triggered up for you and what your mind is actually saying about that 1,000 versus 2,000 number, uh, see, that's the point where you can begin to really start dismantling it. And you can look at what those worth and deserving issues are that are tied to that And you can begin to dismantle it. And the truth is, sometimes you need help with that. Sometimes you need an outside observer who is not in your world, who does not know you well, who can truly be that neutral person to help mirror for you what it is that may be really going on. And so I would invite you to find that person for yourself. Now, I know you are well aware that those are parts of my work. And what I specialize in is that I help people really get to those core roots So that they no longer continue to bring up all the past conditioning, all the limited beliefs, all the fears, all the lack of self-esteem and self-confidence and self-worth that cause us to not step into who we really are, live our truly spiritually divine badass self, and become who we were meant to be, doing what we were meant and born to do living from that place of love and passion and full expression. And so if you're interested in learning more about how we could work together, please reach out to me at susan at com, and let's just have a quick conversation. Doesn't even matter if you and I aren't a good fit together. I know that there are Areas where I can guide you and help you, even in a very short call, complimentary, of course, that can help you move through and begin that path for yourself of really stepping in to who you are and begin really taking those steps on that path. And you know what? There are a million people out there that can help you truly begin to dismantle all of those past tangled pieces of your experiences in your life that are causing you to not really be fully spiritually expressed as the badass that you are. So take this short little kind of exercise and keep doing it. And as you start to uncover more and more of what is really holding you back, When it comes to this worth issue, I guarantee you, your sense of self-esteem and self-confidence will go up as well because you will begin believing and taking actions from that state of belief to actually show yourself that you are living the life you want, dream of, and are born to live. Any issues, reach out to someone, me or someone else. Because you do matter. You have gifts and talents to share. You were born to be a fully spiritually expressed human being, divinely integrated with your human badass self. And I know that I truly, deeply want that for you. So I hope you received value out of today's show. I look forward to talking with you week after week where we will continue navigating this path of the human experience by way of the recognition of our spiritual divinity and our humanness. And I hope you have an amazing, beautiful, fully expressed week. And I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to the Spiritually Expressed Human a show where we come together to navigate the human experience as the fully spiritually expressed divine badass we were all born to be. If you found value in today's show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and share it with others so that collectively we can come together to raise the global consciousness of the planet and all become the spiritually expressed divine human beings that we are all here to be. If you'd like more information or some free gifts, please go to www.susandescenzi.com and click on the free gifts tab to get yourself started. All the information and links are in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and have a beautifully spiritually expressed badass week.